if you're hearing this, you survived Halloween! But if you didn't survive Halloween and you're hearing this, you're a ghost now! Ooh, spooky! This is 20 Questions Tuesday, the podcast where one guy asks another guy 20 spooky, ooky questions. I'm David Brunel Brutman. And I'm David Reinstrom. Dave, greetings from California. Holy balls, you're in California. That's right. We are officially bi-coastal. Now we are both coastal elites. Thank God you got out of flyover country. I will cut you. And now you live in a real place. <laughs> San Francisco, California, center of the universe. I do not actually live, listeners, in San Francisco, California. You're in the Bay Area. Uh, yeah, I'm in I'm in I'm in Mountain View, land of Google. Okay, Bay Area, California, I've center been of the universe. These Google bikes everywhere. They don't lock them up. They just sort of they just people just leave them leaning against bus shelters. Wait, they have Google bikes? Yeah. So so one of the things about Google is that like if you go up to the Google campus, you'll just see these rows upon rows of brightly colored bicycles that are all in the you know the Google rainbow, the red, yellow, green, blue. Sure. Um, and there's just hundreds of them. And Googlers use them to get around the campus because it is a campus. It is the size of a college campus. Sure. Um, but civilians can't use them. Civilians, I mean... You, you couldn't just walk up and hop on a Google bike and it's not like a bike share program. No, if you see somebody that's not like at Google riding a Google bike, you're technically supposed to like alert security. Okay. So... But I don't think it's enforced... Because nobody cares. So they are, they are in fact, reinforcing the, uh, the tech elitism of Silicon Valley. Because, How's that? Because ain't nobody can have these bikes but Google people. If you want a bike, suck it up. Get your yeah. own bike. There's, there's a Bay Area bike share program, um, which I, I haven't looked into because I brought a bicycle. Well, I was thinking... I was thinking of just stealing and painting one of these Google bikes for Jillian. Wait, wait, you have hit upon a genius idea. <laughs> you cracked the code. They just they just discard them places sometimes. People just leave them places. Well, what are you supposed to do? A free bike? All right, here's bike? the thing. Maybe there's some secret Google technology in That's there true. that we don't know about. That's like, true. The bike has a GPS chip in it. Mm-hmm. And or oh no wait I figured out I figured it out I know what they did What do they do All right the bike the bike has a microcomputer mm-hmm. with uh, a GPS system in it and it, a little uh, a little like um, like call and response Bluetooth transmitter kind of thing Sure and obviously your Google employee ID badge has the same technology in it so if the bike it, and the bike knows that somebody's sitting on it because it detects pressure on the seat because there's a pressure sensor in the seat. And then when it detects pressure on the seat, it pings for a badge <laughs> within a radius of the bike. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't get a Google badge, then the entire then bike drones. becomes electrified. Oh, no. Um, so something that they do do at Google, according to Michael, our buddy Michael, mm-hmm. um, is that something the that they doogle at Google? Hmm? Something that they doogle at Google? Mm-hmm. Something that they doogle uh, is the badges do have some sort of GPS-y thing so that when you're at HQ in Mountain View, you can open up this application on your phone 
and see what percentage of the people currently in Google headquarters are newer than you. Oh, Jesus. I guess that's the fundamental thing about Google. Like, Google is the archetype of a technology company that thinks it's being friendly and is really being, like... Terrifying. Like, utterly dystopian. The um the, the self-driving cars are everywhere. Like, I see probably two or three a day in town. Really? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Some of them are, are the ones with steering like, columns, like our cars, just yeah. that have been have these aftermarket modifications on them. Right. And those have to have people in there with their hands on the steering wheel, lightly gripping it, or lightly touching it. Like their hands, I see that I see into Ooh, the car, and their light, hands are on the wheel at all times. Lightly caressing the steering wheel? Hmm? Lightly caressing the steering wheel? Kinda. It's sort of like a person resting their fingers on a player piano. The car, like, the car's robot voice comes on and says, please... Put your fingers lightly on my steering wheel. Oh, you should get hired by Google. Be their sex robot. Caress me gently, and I'll take you anywhere you want to go. <sighs> Have you also seen the the small ones without the steering the wheels, though? Too, yeah. The the those. I mean, come on, those are adorable looking. Mm-hmm. They're so fucking cute. They are. So, are people like legitimately driving around in them? Do you know, or are they still are? I think are these think, all tests? I think they're all tests. Okay. But they're doing a lot of tests. They're yes, obviously, they I mean, every you've every been day there for testing. a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. And you've already seen them mul- like multiple lots. times a day. Yeah. So obviously, they're doing a lot of tests. But yeah, we we made it. Div, Jillian, and I drove across the country. Holy shit. How long did that take you? Six days. We made it kind of a leisurely pace to go from Chicago to California. So what was your itinerary? What, so, what did you see in this great nation of ours? Oh, my God. Um, so we drove. We, we went um, Chicago to Cedar Rapids, Iowa to stay with my cousin Beth and her husband Matt. Hello. Uh, we hung out with them. And played some drunk Scrabble with Beth, which was great. <laughs> okay. Iowa City is a great town. I've been there before, but I just want to reiterate, it is a wonderful place. I know, here's everything I know about Iowa City. I know nothing about Iowa City. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a really, it's a really beautiful, picturesque college town. Iowa is gorgeous. It's a really, it's like an honestly beautiful state. I... Uh, I ever been in Iowa? I doubt I've never it. been in Iowa. I don't think you've ever been to Iowa. No, I haven't. I haven't. I, I skipped over that. I've been west of it, and I've been east of it. So we went. So it went like this. It went yes. Illinois, Iowa, Nebraska, uh, Wyoming, Utah, uh, Nevada, California. Cool. I would say overall, Wyoming and Utah were my favorite states to drive through. Yeah, Wyoming, I have been to Wyoming. Wyoming okay. is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So what's what's the, okay, so what is attractive about Iowa? Like, what's there? Is it is it is it mountains? Is there fields? Fields. It it's, it's wide beautiful open Beautiful rolling hills. Rolling greenery, yeah. That sounds pleasant. It's really just very lovely. I'm imagining the uh, Windows XP background. I think image. the Windows XP background is actually. It's near you. Yeah. It is uh, near uh, where shoreline, you live now. The mountains you can see from Shoreline Park, or the hills you can see from Shoreline Park. Yes, I saw a mini video documentary where they they talked to the original photographer 
oh, of that image. And it is a photograph. Some people think it's a like a 3D render, like it's fake, but no, it's a legit photograph of a real place. Hmm. And they uh, they tracked down the original photographer and went back out to the site. I mean, right now, because of the drought, those hills are very brown, so it doesn't look the same. Yes. But El Nino is coming. Uh, so so we went, we, we had this great big adventure, and we brought along Rocco the Mole. David, you saw these on Facebook, right? Of course I did. Of course you did. So a long time ago, I commissioned a mole puppet for Our Fair City from a friend of the show, Michael Schuppbach, who uh, works for this, who has this company in New York called The Puppet Kitchen. Uh, and uh, he... I did not know the name of his company. Mm-hmm. That is the a great name. Puppet Kitchen. The Puppet Kitchen. Seek it out today for all of your puppet needs. Um, he's great. And I met him at a science fiction convention in Minneapolis. And he saw our mm-hmm. show and I saw his show. And we got to talking later. And he said, hey, would you like me to do a mole puppet for OFC? And I said, would I? Yes. Um, and so I commissioned it. And we never ended up using it for our fair city. And I bought Rocco with my own money. So I took him with us. Yeah. Um, and so we started doing these. So now he's an independent mole. I'm, well, I'm hoping he can seek work at Khan Academy as an etymologist. Oh, man. It has been really fun recording this podcast with you, David. I've yeah. really enjoyed our time. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that is a very, very polite Jesse Thorne goodbye. Click. Oh. Um, but Jillian and I did a series of cute little videos. Um... Uh, with Rocco exploring the country. Yeah, they're totally adorable. Uh, so that was the thing that we did. That was that was great. That was like a so we would we would we would drive maybe 250 miles at a stretch and then refill up gas, get some food, and then come up with a Rocco gag. Yeah, you seem to, from what I can tell via your your Facebook pings, you seem to have found a lot of very uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for. You seem to have found a lot of uh, out of the way, like hole in the wall restaurants. Yeah, that also that was also true. Of of varying degrees of delicious and horrifying Americana. Mm-hmm. We used RoadFood.com to find like weird stuff. Okay. Uh, and then in okay. Cheyenne, I swear to God, I had the greatest breakfast of my life. What was the greatest breakfast of your life? It was at this place called the Luxury Diner in Cheyenne. I got a chicken fried steak okay. and eggs with delicious sausage gravy. That sounds awesome. It was the heartiest breakfast I think I've ever had in my entire life. It was amazing. Also, there was a biscuit. Also, there were potatoes and coffee. You're making me hungry. I haven't eaten well, anything today. <laughs> I did not need to eat for like 18 hours. It was the most like filling bracing cowboy meal I think I've ever had. It was just so good. Oh, man. And, I like and, and, that and phrase, cowboy meal. I'm I mean, going to start using that. It makes sense, right? Like, yeah. that's why they that's why the servings are so huge, because you're not you don't expect to eat until, like, sundown. Yeah, you just load up on calories, you go out there and drive the cattle on the range. Maybe you get in a fight, and you're like, man... I used up all those calories fighting, guys. Fighting and swearing and roping yeah, and wrestling. I, I used up all those calories swearing. <laughs> did you know swearing uses more calories than regular speech? I did. I read that in Cosmo. 
I read that in cow's mo. <laughs> That's good. That's real good. <sighs> I don't feel great about it. So yeah, so we, we drove across the country, we went to Jillian's best friend's wedding, and we had a wonderful time, and now I'm getting settled at work, which is wonderful. But enough about me. How are you? What is up? How you been? I learned how to catch snakes on the subway this morning. What do you mean you learned how to catch snakes on the subway? All right, so are there snakes on the subway? Nah, there aren't snakes on the Well, nah, I wait. Hmm? I'm trying to think if I've seen a snake on the subway. I may have seen a snake on the subway once. Because people will legitimately... I don't know if this is a thing where you live, listeners... Um, in the great city of New York, sometimes people just walk down the street with snakes wrapped around their necks. Like, that's a thing that I have seen on multiple occasions. I get it. Your thing is that you're wacky. Just a, yeah. Exactly. You're a snake haver. Exactly. I was walking down the street, uh, this was several years ago, with somebody uh, who hated snakes. It was like her biggest number one fear. Okay. And it was a little, it was kind of like just after sundown. So it was kind of dusky, not, you know, you couldn't see super well. And there's these kids, like teenagers, passing us in the other direction. And I'm not really paying attention. I'm not looking at them too closely. But then the person I'm with lets out a blood-curdling shriek. Sure. Because one of the guys had a giant snake draped over his shoulders, and you couldn't see it when he was approaching. So she oh, didn't no. see it until it was, like, right next to us. Uh, and I've seen that more than once walking around. Just people with snakes. <laughs> I don't... I, I'm going to revise my earlier assessment, though, and, and say that I am reasonably sure I've only seen that on the street and not on the subway. It's po- subway platform is also possible, but I can't verify that. Okay. Definitely on the street multiple times. Anyway, there weren't any snakes. I'm sitting next to this. Uh, I think it was a kid and his grandfather. Okay. The kid. I I came in in the middle of this, so I only caught part of it. And the kid's like, "Yeah. So what you do is you take a frog and you put it in like a clear container." And you put that on the ground, and then you put a rock on top of it so that the frog can't get away. Uh And then a snake will come, and the snake will see the frog, and it'll want to eat the frog. And so it'll squeeze itself under the container, and then it will eat the frog, but then it won't be able to get out of the container because it has a bulge in it now, so it can't squeeze (laughs) under the other end. And the grandfather is like, I think she was, I think she was pulling your leg on that. I don't think that's how you catch snakes. That's amazing. So yeah, that's how I learned to catch snakes on the subway. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out and try it. Gonna get me a... I see. Gonna get me a pile of snakes. Sure. That's awesome. Yep. And then there was some guy, um, when I first got on the train, ranting about how... Rent is an abomination. Like, biblically? Like, it's a biblical abomination? I mean, whenever I hear somebody shouting on the street or on the train or in public, I guess, whenever I hear somebody shouting in public and they say the word abomination... Sure. I assume that there's a religious connotation. Uh, This sandwich is an abomination! 
Yes. You might say. Right, because it's, I don't sure. know, maybe it's like a Cuban sandwich, and it's got sure. pork and cheese on it, and mm-hmm. you keep kosher. So so Guy was complaining about how rent is an abomination. Yeah, yeah, so he just, he gets on, and he's just shouting at the top of his lungs, like, rent is an abomination! No man should pay another man to live! You, if you pay rent... And he's going on in like these these intense biblical terms, which is why I appreciate the next line so much. If you pay rent, you're a motherfucking sucker. <laughs> That's like, amazing. Like he just switches the dial instantly from from like grand sweeping King James Bible to like Samuel L. Jackson. That's magnificent. In pulp fiction. Oh my god. So that's everything I saw on the subway. And now that we've covered that, mm-hmm. I think we should play 20 Questions Tuesday. I agree. It's been too long. I miss it. it I've just been, been asking been questions long. of things lately. I've just been like looking at trees and being like, are you edible? And the tree doesn't say anything because it's not you. I think you might have become a Taoist philosopher. I, I reward that charitable assessment of my insanity. Well, now you get to ask questions of me. Okay. David, what are the rules of this game? Here are the rules of this game. Okay. Count me off. One. I will think of a thing. Two. David will ask only yes or no questions to narrow down the nature of the thing. Three. If David exceeds 20 questions, the game and reality as we know it is over. No more than 20 questions are permitted. Four. If David correctly guesses the thing in fewer than 20 questions, he wins the game. And we all get to live for another week. Five. Air drum solos will be awarded three points. Air guitar solos will be awarded five points. Air guitar solos will be looked upon with pity. Are you ready? Yep. David, for the first time in God knows how long, you may ask your first question. Is it alive? No. Is it real? Uh, kind of. Is it made by living beings? Definitely. But not human beings? Partially by human beings. By partial human beings? No. Like centaurs made it, or satyrs, or goat men? Oh, I thought you were talking about amputees. Oh, man, that's rough. Yeah, I went... Those are whole people, David. I thought you were going right for the the darkness and the ableism. No. Silicon Valley has not made me a monster yet. Well, give it some time. I'm still just like you. I love... Sandwiches and uh, money baths and uh, trousers. I-, I still enjoy wearing trousers. And just like you, I use a smartphone by which I order my burritos delivered directly to my mouth by drone. That's true. I haven't spoken to another human being in about three weeks. Just all of my interactions have been mediated by the internet. Thank It's a, reje- it's a rejection-free God. society. Yeah. Thank God. Human interaction is gross. No, that's not that's not true. You know me. I, I I talk to everybody. Hooray! I'm just midwesterning all over the place. Oh geez, people must be so uncomfortable. You know, they're actually the older people in Mountain View are really delighted to have conversations with a stranger. Well that's good. At least there's some human beings out there. Uh okay, so so is it made by aliens? Nah. So partially by human beings. Yes, but made is not the best 
That's not the best way to think about it. Accidentally produced. No. Produced is a good word. Produced. It's um, definitely not accidental. Okay. Is it something, is it a thing or a scenario that is created or arrived at by some combination of human and animal activity? Yes, it is. Are these animals uh, involved in the production of this thing domesticated? Yes, they are. Okay. Uh, are they four-legged? Uh-huh. Are they mammals? Yes. Do they produce milk? Uh, yeah. Uh, are, are they cows? No. Are they sheep? No. Are they goats? No. Are they donkeys? No. All mammals produce milk. Keep keep this in mind. Are they? God damn it! That's right. Are they? Are they mammals that produce milk for human consumption? Oh, yikes! No. Are they smaller than a horse? Yes. Well, most of them. Are they dogs? Yes. All dogs are smaller than horses. Nah, haven't you seen that Great Dane? Yeah, still smaller than a horse. Unless a, you're talking about like not a tiny horse. <laughs> Fine. Listen, <laughs> a giant dog is bigger than a small horse. Sure. But true. Um, or like and a you pony. can totally make you can totally make dog cheese in uh, in Dwarf Fortress. Oh God! Don't say the phrase dog cheese. <laughs> I never want to hear those two words together again. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, of course you can make dog cheese in Dwarf Fortress. You can also carve a chair out of human bones <laughs> if you want to. Dwarf Fortress is a fundamentally amoral universe. The beauty of Dwarf Fortress is that it is it is philosophically agnostic. The game mechanic does not judge you in any way, nor sure. does it reinforce any particular moral code. So, okay, so the thing you're thinking about is dogs. I'm not thinking, no, the thing I'm thinking about is not dogs. But it's a dog But dogs are involved. phenomenon. The dogs are making a thing. Though again, making is not the best word. Dogs are producing a thing. And it's not fucking dog cheese. Jesus. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, I'm going to think about that while I'm eating later, and I'm going to, like, lose my appetite. Ugh. I'm imagining a giant greyhound on her side with, like... No, don't tell me what you're imagining. I don't want to know. If you say another word about this, I swear... I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang up. I'm canceling okay. this connection. Okay, 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 okay. Don't do it. <laughs> I won't. You're thinking about it. I can hear you thinking about it. I'm trying to think past it. Okay, is it some sort of trade good? No, it's not a, it's not a trade good. It's not a commodity. I mean, in my experience of being a dog owner for many years, dogs don't tend to produce... Dogs produce three things. Joy, slobber, and feces. Yes. Is it any of those three those things? Those are the typical... Those are the typical material things that dogs produce. Correct. Uh, well, I guess joy is immaterial. Uh, no, it's none of those. Well, uh, joy, maybe. Joy, joy might be involved, but it's none of those things. Is it a thing that dogs normally do not make? Yes, it's definitely a thing that dogs normally do not do. Like beer, mustard, none of those things. Hot dogs. It's not a. It's not a good. It's not a good. Nah. Is it a uh, text? Is it some sort of media thing? 
Uh, that's much closer, yes. Is it video? No. Uh, closer. Is it musical? No. I mean, there might be some music involved, but probably not. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe there's music involved. It's not musical in nature, though. The dogs definitely aren't making any music. So it's not like a, a dog television show or a dog film project. Oh, you're devastatingly close. It's a dog TV show. It's a dog web series. No. But it's keep a... keep dog TV show in mind Okay. for, for details Okay. once you get what they're doing. It's a dog television studio. They're building a TV studio for dogs because there is now a channel for dogs? Oh, yeah. You mean the puppy channel? No. Like, dog TV show was kind of the closest that you got thus far. Is it dog theater? Yes, it is. Okay. This is a... I'm thinking of a theater production... Okay. Put on by dogs. Okay. Now, here's what you have to figure out. Very well. Item one. You have to figure out what play they are performing. Item two. Mm -hmm. You have to figure out something very specific about this production. Okay. Beyond the fact that it is performed by dogs. Item three, optionally, mm-hmm. you can figure out uh, what company is putting on this production. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I know you, and I know that you don't know a whole lot of dog breeds because you're not a dog person. Man, I ain't know nothing about dogs. Here's everything I know about dog breeds. Uh, Jenny and I have, we've sat down, we've put a lot of thought into this, and we've uh-huh. determined that the Shiba Inu is the cat of dogs. Okay. Because they're just they're just derps. They're derps, but they're very self-possessed. Mm-hmm. And they just go around, like, getting their heads stuck in things. Yep. And being okay with it. <laughs> but but there's a certain amount of, uh, of like, um, undermined dignity about the Shiba. Mm-hmm. That is very much aligned with the the undermined dignity of cats, which is, I think, why people find cats funny. Sure. So, uh, Shibas are the cat of dogs, and that's everything I have to say about specific dog breeds. Is this theater company a Shakespeare theater company? It is. Is uh is the production Hamlet, Prince of Great Denmark? No. Is it Hamlet? No. Is a Great Dane in the lead? No. Well, that beats the shit out of me. Okay, I give up. Um, it is It is not, I will tell you this in advance, a hideous pun. Okay. Um, is it a Shakespearean tragedy? Yes. Uh, does it take place in the ancient world? Narp. Okay. Is it Othello? No. Romeo and Juliet? That's the one. Okay. Is it is it a forbidden love between a dog family? Is it oh, is it the dog tagues and the cat pilets? I told you it didn't involve hideous puns. And so I'm there are no there are no cats in the production. There are no cats in the production. Okay. So okay. So it's it's a however it's a dog. Yes. However, hmm. recall that uh, humans are still involved. 
Oh. And recall that I said there was something about a TV show that might be helpful. Okay. Is this all some ridiculous put-on by the Jimmy Kimmel show to create viral content, so they're staging a production of Romeo and Juliet with dogs that's dubbed over by the cast of Minions 4. That's a very good guess. Uh, And I'm reasonably sure at this point, a good 85% of all things that are done by humans are just um, viral content (laughs) created by the Jimmy Kimmel show. However, that is not correct. Okay. Well, thank goodness. Thank you for not rewarding my cynicism. Um, mm, 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 mm. I like the one where uh, Miley Cyrus pretends to be an Australian reporter and puts on a (laughs) wig and goes around and asks people what they think about Miley Cyrus. That's hilarious. I haven't seen that one. Yep. And uh, is her Australian accent any good? Oh heck no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and uh, people people don't have very many nice things to say about Miley Cyrus Aww. to this Australian reporter oh, that's really who sad. is secretly Miley Cyrus. So it's not that. It's not a Jimmy Kimmel gag. No, it's not a gag. It, it, a gag is definitely the wrong word for it. Is it a human production by an existing television production company? No, it's not. Is it a reality TV program that doesn't exist? Uh, no, it's, it's not... I mean, it might be televised, but the, the televised portion of it is is kind of irrelevant. Uh, is it one of those dumb things that they advertise in movie theaters where you can pay 60 bucks to see an opera simulcast to a bunch of movie theaters instead of going to see the opera for $300? Uh, but, no. But with dog but they, Shakespeare? They, they might do that. Yeah, that I mean, they might do it for this production. Why Have not? Have you ever done that? Have you ever done one of those? Uh, my mom's gone a bunch of times. Does she, she likes are it. Are they good? Yeah, she seems to she seems to enjoy it. Well, I'm sorry for casting aspersions on your excellent taste, Dr. Brunet. She does not accept your apology. My mother will fight you. I will lose. I will lose to your mother. <laughs> no, yeah, no offense, dude. Not not least of which because I refuse to hit your mother because she's awesome, but well, also because my mother's she's not going to fight fair. Woman. Huh? My mother's not going to fight fair. Of course not. My mother will use psychological warfare on you. <laughs> She's going to drop leaflets beforehand. Oh my God. What you need to be thinking about is, is an existing show that has a paradigm that involves dogs and people and Romeo and Juliet. And this is twisting that in some way. An existing Broadway show? Like an existing theater show? An or existing television? television show. Is it an animated television show? Nope. A live action show with dogs. Live action show with dogs. You watched it. I know you did. I feel it. I feel it in my guts. Is it on public television? And in my dick. Yes. Is it Wishbone? It was Wishbone. Wishbone! Did you know Mo Rocco was a writer on Wishbone? What? Yeah. That's amazing. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That is weird. Uh, Yes. So the television show in question is Wishbone. Which is, of course, a show about a very imaginative Jack Russell Terrier who snarks at the audience with voiceover and then imagines himself in the lead roles of various works of great literature. Exactly. So what is this Romeo and Juliet production with all the dogs? Is it just an episode of Wishbone? It's like an episode of Wishbone. Except it's a live theatrical version 
Yes. Directed by the Jack Russell Terrier, because while he likes being in front of the camera, <laughs> what he really wants to do is direct. Uh, no. I, well, maybe. It could be. There, there's no reason, there's no reason it couldn't be. But there's, there's a, there's a, a critical difference between this dog version of Romeo and Juliet and the dog version of Romeo and Juliet that you would see on the television show Wishbone. It's a human family and a dog family? You're getting closer. Is it gross? No, it's not gross. Jesus. Get your head out of the gutter. What? You said said it was human... Stop talking about dog fucking on our show. <laughs> um, in the olden days, if you fucked a dog, mm-hmm. they would they would execute you. But first, they would execute the dog in front of you. Aww. That's uh, this has been sad history times with Dave and David. <laughs> Enjoy your knowledge. It. They did it with all animals. Like uh, I was reading about this. Uh, they try a pig for murder? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they tried a pig for murder. There are several cases, <laughs> by contrast, where lawyers appeared for creatures in ecclesiastical courts. Mm-hmm. And several rats and beetles, for example, won famous court victories as a result. <laughs> what? Oh my god, the medieval criminal justice system was insane! <laughs> How did any of us make it? How are any? How did any of our ancestors make it long enough to reproduce? Right. Good God. So nobody is is having sex with the dogs. I never said Romeo and Juliet don't have sex. Do they? I don't remember. I don't think they do. So is Romeo a dog and Juliet a human? Which is arguably all the more tragic. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, not that I, like, not that I'm advocating for a couple of 14-year-olds to go fuck each other behind (laughs) their parents' backs. Good. Somewhere down the street from your apartment, an FBI van turns away. Yeah, like, maybe they're not... Well, okay, no, that that is the deeper tragedy of Romeo and Juliet, because, like, those those kids are not emotionally equipped for that. They're babies. Right. They're babies. So They're the dumb grand babies. tragedy of it that that nobody acknowledges is that there are a couple of stupid kids who had out of control kid emotions and it went too far. Mm-hmm. It's not even a love story. It's a hormone story. A dumb child hormone story. <laughs> you know, you should be the director of the Royal Shakespeare Company, David. Oh, that's the uh, that is the company in question. Oh, really? <laughs> B- BT does. Yeah, I'm oh. just going to give you that because you said it. So this okay. is a Royal uh, Shakespeare Royal, Company production. Royal Shakespeare Company production of, of Romeo and Juliet yes. starring animals. Starring, starring dogs. Starring dogs. Dog Romeo, dog Juliet. Juliet is a dog. Romeo is a human? Yes. A notable human? Yes, a specific human. Daniel Radcliffe? No. Hmm. It's... The, all right. You know, he's not afraid to star in uh, animal fucking uh, theater. He isn't. He isn't. He would be good for this. Except there's no animal fucking <laughs> in this production, you sicko. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know how to make this clearer. It's some British actor of note, though. 
No, it is not. An American actor of no note? An American actor of note. I want you to imagine the stupidest person you can possibly think of to play Romeo in a production of Romeo and Juliet. Guy Fieri. He's not an actor. I know. That's the stupidest possible person. Okay, I I concede. The stupidest possible professional actor to play Romeo in a production of Romeo and Juliet. Like, the dumbest choice. Steve Buscemi. No. Keep in mind, this would be pretty entertaining to watch. Like, this is not a knock on this actor. It would just be horrendous casting. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Nope. What light through yonder window breaks? It is the East. And Juliet is a dog. What is this shit? Has he ever played, um... Has he ever played Prospero? Oh, he'd be a great Prospero. Wouldn't that be good? Oh, man. I would definitely pay to see Morgan Freeman as Prospero. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the Royal Shakespeare Company is putting on a production of Romeo and Juliet. Yes. Starring some American actor that is very unlikely. Yes. Is the American and, actor... Hmm? Yes. And who else? Like, broadly, who else is it starring? Uh, a dog. Yeah, more. A specific dog. Less? It's starring the cast of Wishbone. No. Wishbone is not involved? Uh, Wishbone is conceptually involved. I see, I get it. Like, this is akin to the concept of Wishbone. Are there famous dogs involved in this production? I mean, maybe they're famous in dog circles. I don't know. So, are the dogs... Do the dogs have faces full of peanut butter? (laughs) (laughs) They're just sort of smacking their mouths around, and, like, an actor off stage is calling out, like, let us touch hands to hands and do as mummers do, or whatever the hell Juliet says. Sure, why not? But that's not the thing. I just don't think you're entirely clear on the number of dogs involved. I assume... I assume that it's an all-dog cast except for Romeo. Okay, yes, good. You got that. Okay, okay, All right, sorry. That's that was important. a given for me. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's, see, it's, it's nothing I, but I dogs I couldn't except tell for if the... You'd quite, right, I couldn't tell if you'd quite made that leap. So what this scenario is, is it's a reverse wishbone. Because in all the wishbone <laughs> scenarios... In all the wishbone, wishbone scenarios, everybody was human actors, and except there was like the one dog. dog. Okay playing the main character for some reason. And in this, it's all dogs, but there's a human playing the main character. Okay, and this human is inappropriate because he is too old to play Romeo? He's definitely too old. Is he Kevin Spacey? Nah. Is he Nicolas Cage? Nope. Is he he's a... Not, he's not an older actor. He's just definitely too old for this part. Is he handsome? He's so handsome. Is he... He's a hunk. Oh. Um, is it... What's his name? Yes, it is. Um, is it Channing Tatum? No. You're C- getting close. Come on, that would be amazing. Yes, it would be amazing. I said it was stupid. <laughs> so it's not Ryan Gosling either, then? Nah. It's This is stupid casting. It's dumb casting. Why is it stupid casting? It's just, du- it's just bad casting. <laughs> it's just a dumb idea. Keanu Reeves, because we've seen how badly he does Shakespeare. Wait, when did he do Shakespeare? He was Don John in um, Much Ado About Nothing, the Kenneth Branagh version. Yikes. 
Not great. Is it like Keanu Reeves? Is he an action star? He's an action star, yes. Is he a white guy? Not not really. Kind of. Vin Diesel. You're uh, you're so close. I see. It's, you're devastatingly close. It's The Rock. It's Dwayne The Rock <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> So, David, what was yeah, I thinking of? You were thinking of Dwayne The Rock Johnson starring in an all-dog production of Romeo and Juliet, and an otherwise all-dog production of Romeo and Juliet put on by the Royal Shakespeare Company. Correct. You got it. Oh, my God. Dwayne The Rock Johnson <laughs> doing the reverse wishbone. Oh, that was good. That was good. This was a hole in my life that I needed filled. Yep. See, just... Now, when you're, like, feeling down during the day, just just imagine that. Just start imagining that production. <laughs> Everything will be instantly better for you. Because he's the rock and he's so big. And every, like, 15 minutes, he has to eat three ounces of cod. Yep. Is that a thing? Yeah. Cod? Yeah. I should send you Mallory Ortberg's annotated, uh, annotating the rock. My real-time response to learning what the rock eats. Oh, Jesus. All right, you got the thing. I did get the thing. You know what time it is? What time is it? It is time to walk on over to the score to, to um, what's a theater term for walking? Uh, it's time to exit, exit stage, stage left. left and check out the scoratorium. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. I've got to blow the cobwebs out a little. <laughs> so... I think it'll still run okay. Okay. Uh, I, you'll notice I've added this week a proscenium arch to the scoratorium. So that's that's just a nice little uh, feature for you. And here we are. How'd I do? All right, David, your score this week was four. Woo! I am the 20 questions Tuesday master. You got that in just four questions. Oh, God, man. I'm so smart. You're really slick. Yeah. You're like, boom, 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 just right on top of it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you play 20 20 Questions Questions Tuesday. Tuesday. If you like the show, leave a review for us on iTunes. Just search for 20 Questions Tuesday on the iTunes store. You can give us a star rating or leave a written review, and we'll thank you in a future episode. For special bonus content and show notes, you can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash 20QuestionsTuesday, and follow us on Twitter at 20QuestionsTues, and you can keep up with everything we do at 20QuestionsTuesday.com. Our theme song is Blood Meridian by Curlew, licensed under a Creative Commons 3.0 license. The music you heard under the show this week was by The Good Laws, licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license. If you'd like us to use your music, message us on Facebook or Tumblr. Up next, stay tuned for a giant pile of eggs. (coughs) I'm David Brunel-Brutman. And I'm David Reinstrom. Good night.